0: welcome to this episode let's chat i'm your host chris revel coming from the cat cave in providence rhode island we have a wonderful returning guest dwight hurst i just get a kick out of talking to him he's a really nice dude and we get along really well cannot wait to have him back on uh you can also go back into the archives and you can hear dwight's previous episode and uh one time i was actually a guest on his podcast the broken brain and i actually talked more about Stuff I don't talk about here is about uh my job. I work in uh for Behavioral Health Company. I work I've worked in human services for about five or six years now, so that was a uh, that was fun. But don't worry, I had plenty of dick jokes in that interview as well. But anyway, uh this is a this is a great one. I mean, if you really wanted to know what it, there's about no edit point. We uh I was running late. I got home. It's like, Hey dude, I'm so sorry I'm late. He's like, Oh, don't worry about it. We started talking, he had to go and that was the entire episode like the two of us just started talking, and we just divulged into our nerdiness of uh, mental health, uh, mostly superhero talk. Uh, Dwight's, I, I really cannot recommend his podcast, The Broken Brain, enough, uh, especially if you're into the mental health world. Uh, there's the perfect level of mental health, informative information, and comedy. Like Dwight's a really funny guy. like He's just naturally funny. I think it really comes out in his personality. Uh, as I said, Dwight hosts a wonderful podcast, The Broken Brain, Everything I'm going to mention, you can find on his amazing website, DwightHurst.com. Uh, if you live in Utah and you need a therapist, I don't know. I don't know if he's taking new clients, but uh, if, hey, if I didn't know him, I would totally see him. Uh, Dwight is also a really a great writer. He does uh, some work with GoodMenProject.com. You can just type in his name and get links. But he has uh, my favorite article he wrote was "How Mister Belvedere Taught Me About AIDS." Or three reasons James Bond is more boring than you do. Uh, so that, you know, and, and Dwight and I like send back articles on like crack.com because we, we get along a lot. We're just, we're very similar, really. Can I just stop? I'll stop talking about how great he is. Uh, anyway, also check out his uh, short stories on the amygdala, uh, amygdala, like the brain thing he'll mention. Uh, amygdalazine.com. And uh, everything on his website, DwightHurst.com. Make sure you check out his uh, uh, podcast. And if you have no interest in mental health and you're just a huge Downton Abbey fan, Dwight actually has a Downton Abbey podcast called Ain't No Downtown, the unofficial final season commentary of Downton Abbey. I've never watched that show at all, but he's got some really great guests. There's about three episodes up right now on iTunes. Also, just a couple of plugs for me. As always, the show is a part of the Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, I was recently a guest on a great podcast called Podcast Game Show with Brendan Beard. Um, let me just tell you what it is. It's basically uh, it, it's a, it's a game show. It is uh, part Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, part Jeopardy, and it's all about trivia. Test your knowledge in pop culture, movies, film, and tech, and more i I got to go on. I'm episode number seventeen. Please check that out on iTunes. Um, ton of fun. Brandon was a great guy. I can't wait to get him as a guest on here. And also, some really great stuff happened to me as well. I got highlighted on All Things Podcasts. Go ac- like them online on the Facebook and Twitter, all that good stuff. And you can find the article. They highlighted me, which was really nice of them. And highlighted three episodes, which were Nevin Martel, Greg Pratt, Dana Schwartz as ones people should check out first. Uh, if you disagree, actually let me know what you think, what you like the best. Uh, always feel free to leave us an old review on the old iTunes. But, uh, you know, that was it. I can't even talk about how great it was to get some press. It's about the second time this has happened, and it feels really great. I absolutely love doing the show, and it's just, it was just really great, and it gave me a good spark. It gave me a good bump. Um, I'm really happy. Come back next Monday. Always new episodes. Awesome, awesome guy. Well, let's get to it. <music> The hard, the hard, they never thought that hip-hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of the winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? East raw jeans, Brucey, B, Kid, Debris. Fuck, master, flex, love, bust, start, ski. I'm wondering what your thoughts on this, because I, uh, people refer to the cell phone as the digital
1: lease. Yes. Uh, leash, not leash. A digital leash. Your digital leash on life. No, yeah.
0: Totally, I totally suck, get sucked into it. I've been looking at it online at these, like, the photographer. There's a photographer who did this great photo series of like to exemplify it, so it's like people out in public, and then it just like, warps their face into the phone. And it's really powerful, so I've been trying to cut it off, cause especially at my job. I have two phones. I have my personal phone on me at all times, and then my work phone, which I'm. Um, off to, I'm sick today, <laughs> so right. he's not here. So, uh, I was but, like, I just want to go outside and not have my fucking phone right. on me. And of course, the one day I actually
1: needed it. Do you, do you, by the way, is that is that something you're putting out on the podcast? I'm, I'm, I'm sick today.
0: Yeah, <laughs> by the time air, my boss is awesome, she doesn't care
1: <laughs> if, they, if they catch it. No, you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of self hatred we have with the phones. Uh, where, you know, we're, we use them and we hate ourselves for using them, but they're pretty awesome too, though. I don't know. So,
0: Oh, they're the I, best. Are you kidding? I, <laughs> I use it for everything but calling people.
1: Yeah, exactly. What was I listening to? I was listening to some, something last night where they had a report about how uh, landlines were better, and, uh, and somebody was talking about it, saying, well, they, they might as well do a study that the sky is blue. Landlines are better for reception, you can hear better. Uh, cell phones you can't hear as well, but it's like who cares? You're not calling on them.
0: Yeah, I don't play Heyday uh, on my landline.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, well, you know, who's who, who's talking on the phone anymore? You know, I mean, it shouldn't maybe just be texting. You can handle all of that through a text or a message. No, I I, I probably talk on mine more than some people because of setting appointments, but I still do a lot of that through text. A lot of people, their first contact with me is there. I, I don't know. I don't I don't hate on it as much as other. It just depends how you use it.
0: No, I agree. I get addicted. I, I notice with the clients I work with, I work with the age range from 18 to geriatric. And there's definitely like a line of around 35 or 40 of how people, or without kids, how they interact with the phone. Because um, I don't work with anyone under 35 who leaves a voicemail. Like myself, yeah. I don't leave voicemail, ever. And then the older generation always leaves a voicemail. And yep. they call you and text message. And it, 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 it's person by person. It's a. A generalization,
1: right? and often expect call back. If not a text back, is not a response, even if it has all the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but I, mean, I guess there's some more beauty in a phone call. But I, 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 talk on the phone a lot, so for work.
1: Well, it, yeah, yeah. It depends. It, it's it's really subjective, you know. I heard uh, I think Todd Glass, the comedian, does a bit about uh, about phones because he he's like. getting, Video. He's like, guys my age will say things like, oh, we were never on the phones all that time back then. And it's like, yeah, we didn't have them back then. They weren't invented back then. So, of course, we weren't on them. Oh, I love
0: Todd Glass. <laughs> Did you ever hear his wonderful episode of WTF when he came out
1: of the closet? Oh, you know what? I've, oh, I've only heard it referenced in other interviews. I've never actually gone back and listened to his, his coming out episode. Uh, Beautiful. It,
0: it, it was just... What a peek inside someone's mind going through something that I'll never go through. So it was just fascinating to hear uh, him be so open. And Mark did, of course, Mark did a great job. But it, was, it was an old one, but it was really great. And I love Ty Glass, and I love him even so, more.
1: I've heard it referenced when he does other interviews. Uh, I heard him on, like, Pete Holmes' podcast or whatever, and he talks about it. And it's really kind of interesting to hear that because he's been... I guess he's. I mean, he's one of those who's been out to his social group forever. You know, I think everybody who knew him knew he's gay because he, he's in a long time relationship. I think, um, but but he came out publicly, and, and it's funny because he he talked about how it, it was uh, it was weird for him because he's been doing the same a lot of a lot of the bits that he does in his comedy act he he's had to like rethink because he would refer to his wife or his girlfriend or whatever it was. He's, I think he said girlfriend. Um, and and when he was in the closet publicly, he would say girlfriend and that would just mean his boyfriend or his husband or whatever. And, uh, and so now he has to say that (laughs) because the automatic was the closeted, uh, terminology. And so it's interesting. Like you say, it's something like I've never been through. And, and so to have to, Especially someone who's in the public eye, then to have to say, "Oh, well, I need to rethink how I'm saying this because now people know that I don't have a girlfriend, you know, or whatever." So.
0: It was really interesting. I I I feel like I listen to so much WTF with Mark Barrow and like I've been getting proud of him when like, I listen to certain episodes. I'm like, "Oh, he did such a good job, Mark!" Like he kind of impresses me with his knowledge.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's a funny thing. I, I think the the technology is such that, like, if you really listen to a podcast, you start to think you know the people. <laughs> that are on it, because they're so conversational, you know?
0: And it's way different than, like, Fresh Air with Terry Gross, which I love, but she doesn't talk about herself. You go back and, like, listen to, when she was on WTF, I was like, I don't know anything about this person. Yeah. I've listened to hours of her voice, but then, like, I've listened to Marin and Nerdist and Pete Holmes for, like, about four or five years now. Yeah. Pete Holmes. If if anyone listening is unaware, you made it with Pete Holmes, where he is the most open book you'll ever hear. Yeah. I feel I never I have never even been in the same room with him, but I, I do have these weird moments where I feel like I know these people, and it's the thing I love about
1: it the most. Yeah, that's the thing. That's one of the things I like about the medium of podcasting is the intimacy. I really liked listening to the episode where the president was on on WTF because I you know I don't ever remember hearing a president like an hour about being president and and it, I, I I've been telling my friends you know and I'm one I, I like Obama. Uh, a lot of people don't like him as much, but I don't really care. I, I've told my friends who are really hardcore Republicans, uh, you should go listen to that because it's interesting to hear someone who is the president sit there and talk about it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, even I, I, part of me is thinking, like, uh, why is Sanders and Trump and Clinton and all these people running that kind of jumping on this medium yet? Like, they all go on late night talk shows, and they show off the funny side, but I I felt so, I don't know, it was just so interesting listening to Obama and, like, Obviously, he's going to have an agenda. He is the president, to bring up certain things. But sure. it was like really candid, and it was yeah. just fascinating. Like making fun of Mark, he's like, "No, I'm not nervous Come to talk."
1: That that was my favorite. Yeah, he's exactly. like, "That would be bad if the president of the United States was nervous to be on your podcast." Yeah,
0: that wouldn't work out well.
1: But that was pretty cool, and you know, surprisingly non-political. And yeah. it had the opportunity, and I think partly partly it's because it's a non-political program. And it's an interesting thing. I think that that's something that Obama has done well from a campaign perspective is uh, embrace, like, new technology. And that's where I get when I hear people kind of hating on themselves, hating on everybody for the phones thing. It's kind of like, you know, we haven't – we're not very good at adapting our sense of morality to the new world. And I just mean sense of politeness, you know, like – if, if somebody's phone rings when you're talking to them, a lot of people still get all embarrassed. Like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like, well, we all carry a phone in our pocket all the time. I, how would I? I would be the jackass if I was like, I can't believe you had a phone ring while we were having a conversation. And then you looked at it to make sure it wasn't your wife and kids. You know, like I would be the one who would be wrong if I did that. But we haven't adapted for that yet. We still think it's rude to ever have a phone call.
0: I saw, I forgot. I wish I remember who it was. It was a comedian on Twitter. It was just like, I'm sorry, I'm on my phone. My whole family lives all over the world. Yeah. And it's like, you know, not everyone's family lives in a one block radius anymore. It's a whole new world. My parents are two hours away. My nephew, my cousins, are, I have family all over the globe. I have a cousin in India right now. So, like, you know, she doesn't call me, but if she did, I would really want to pick, I would want that call because so it would be very important.
1: But if she tweets, you got, have-
0: well, I got to know about her Twitter
1: be there. yeah I, I I am the same way and I, I even have like uh, I'll tell my clients when it comes up and it, it doesn't come up all that much but I with uh, with my work obviously when I'm in in a session with a, with a patient I don't look at my phone but it's on it's in my pocket and if if I get uh, two calls in quick succession though yeah I love it. yeah I've told them that's my uh, that's like my little code that I have with my wife because I work in a job where I can't just answer the phone all the time. So if she needs me, needs me, like I need to talk to you right now for some reason. She calls, hangs up and calls right back. And the funny thing is you you get two calls in quick succession a lot more often than you'd think you would. I think she's only done it like twice <laughs> but but I check it at least once a week where where it's just two people calling me at the same time. Uh but then I just do a quick glance. Yeah
0: friends like me who try to call you and they realize they're calling you and they hang up and then they're like, oh, maybe I should call them. So I call back immediately. It's like, sorry, but I'll do that. I thought I should talk. I've done that to my friends a
1: bunch. And I have like, like my, my voicemail says, uh, oh, you know, if you can't call me, call my secretary if it's about an appointment. And so a lot of people will call and they'll realize they didn't get the number or whatever. (laughs) So they call back and neither time leave a message. So Uh Yeah. How's the, how's the winter out there, by the way, Rhode Island? Have you frozen yet? No, it's warm
0: today for December.
1: My parents live in Pennsylvania, and they keep teasing me about it being warm.
0: Yeah, it's like in the 60s, which is unseasonable for December.
1: Yeah, I find it's good podcasting to talk about the weather, because, you know, everyone's interested in that.
0: Um. Except, like, someone like, in, like, a different part of the world. Like, fuck you, man.
1: No. Do, you, do you ever
0: think that, like... I don't think I've achieved a level of, success, well, of viewership where people are hate listening. Like you got to be like a Glenn Beck or a Howard Stern to be so popular that people who don't like you still listen. The podcasters there's so, yeah. many, so many options. You yeah. can just turn this off very easily.
1: I remember there's a uh, Howard Stern had a quote once where he said, the people who hate him listen twice as much as people who like him. But I'm with you. I don't... I don't think I've reached that point yet where anyone's grudge listening to me and and making notes to take me down. I, I
0: scenario where that might have happened about, but I think that's episode specific. It might not have been about me; it was more about an ex relationship, but not me personally.
1: I I got one message once uh, through one of the ways that I always put out there, like tweet me, email me. I don't care, you know, and very people don't very often, but once in a while they do. And, and I got one message that simply said, uh, I like it better when you're not trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, my, my podcast is kind of mixed. There's some episodes that are very serious where we talk about mental health crises and stuff. But there's a lot where we just kind of cut up and fool around. And I was like, well, okay, number one, that's very specific feedback, obviously. And I like, if you listen to, to any of the episodes – then and you don't you haven't picked up that that's how it's going to be that you haven't you haven't very listened to very many because I'm a pretty goofy person.
0: Well I mean, I mean that's let's pull the curtain back on the world of mental health like everyone's funny. I, yeah, exactly. Everyone I work with, like I work with a like, lots of therapists and I swear to god we talk about the most fucked up shit cuz it's just hilarious. <laughs> cuz I think you have to have your guard up and you need to laugh in the course of the like, I love where I work because we're a good group of people where we're all very supportive of each other, and we fuck sure. on each other and we make each other laugh because we're dealing with really happy shit. Yeah. If you're not going to laugh, like that's why like we all talk about comedy movies all the time because it's like, well, I don't want to... Not often. I mean, I like to watch dark stuff, but more often than not, I want to see something funny.
1: Yeah. No, it's a, it's a weird mix because, yeah, we do deal with the dark and all... Like, all, all uh... I find it takes sometimes like a Breaking Bad to like really get me going, and you know something that like is is pretty intense to be like get into because we're thinking about intense things all the time, uh, and so it's funny. But yeah, the things that uh, that that you do talk about, I remember I had a somebody I supervised at a job once. She came and told me uh, she was working like this crisis line that the agency did where people would call in if they had, uh, you know, usually it was it was suicidal things, but this one. She said, hey, I don't know what to do with this. This person called the crisis line, and I'll tell you what I told him. But just some guy who called up and, and basically, stripping away any, any real personal details, uh, he, was, he was upset. It was an older guy, and he was real upset because he and his wife had had a threesome with the wife of a family member. It just kind of organically happened, and he's like, I'm not sure how to handle this. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Truth is always stranger than fiction. And I don't want to damage my relationship with that family member who's married to this person. And I said, well, that's already happened, buddy. I mean, so, uh, yeah, she just kind of told him, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe you need to come on in and make an appointment. That's not really an emergency that you have to call the crisis line for. But here's an intake number. Um, maybe you could use some therapy. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, you know. My newest drama. Last 2 I've done two. Two uh intense dramas that people like us would probably enjoy. The, the, uh, Mr. Robot and Jessica Jones have been the two that really
1: elevated me. I keep wanting to watch Mr. Robot. I haven't gotten to see it yet. i got to find a streaming service that has it.
0: USA has an app if you have Apple TV. Okay. And uh, then you separate. have to steal someone's cable account like I did. <laughs> right,
1: right, okay. So that might
0: be a little bit harder.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I don't know how long the stream the streaming... I don't know if they can cut down on that. That's uh, uh, I was their their Netflix is like a homeless shelter for all their friends or something like. So you get all the all when you share your password. Of course, you get all the. Uh, it really confuses the Netflix algorithm. Uh, it's like mine. My kids watch it more often than I do, and so I'll get on there and it'll say, "You probably want to watch Veggie Tales." No, no, I don't. Not now. Maybe they were here
0: where you and your kids can meet where you're like i like this and you like this like what's the new stuff like
1: uh well actually let's see, because uh my older two you know i have i got a baby and then i have a nine and a 12 year old and so with my older two it's actually uh psych a few episodes of that doctor who um Psych
0: is really good yeah yeah it's kind of underrated to be quite honest
1: yeah, yeah. There's that. There's that one. We can watch those. We watch uh, Doctor Who with them sometimes. Uh, of course, because we got Princeps, so we gotta we gotta get that. You gotta work on that. We, we get the kids get the kids going down the nerd train. Yeah. There. yeah, my wife's obsessed with
0: Doctor Who so much it's kind of ruined it for me.
1: You know, I thought it would for me, too. I didn't watch it for a long time because I work with a lot of uh, young people, and they were, like, really, really into it. But I actually just – my wife and I started watching it chronologically uh, last few months, and we're, we're really into it. It's good. I like it. really good show. I, I don't it,
0: watch it a ton, but I, I have watched it, and I do enjoy it. Yeah. David Tennant on uh, Jessica Jones is one of the best villains I've ever seen in anything in my entire
1: life. That's what I've heard. That's another one I need to jump on. Uh, I need to – yeah.
0: It shows it shows PTSD very well. I think you're gonna watch it and say, Oh
1: I had heard that, yeah, because now she's a former superhero, right? Who who then loses her powers.
0: She's in recovery.
1: Yeah, she's <laughs> in recovery from superheroism.
0: Uh, yeah, so uh it's, it's not giving away, so David Tennant's power is he has mind control. And
1: So now it's he, he's a bad guy on that, right?
0: The the villain.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, that's what I thought you said. Yeah.
0: Explain to me when this takes place in the timeline because they made Jessica Jones, and they're going to spin off into Luke Cage, because he's on this, and that's okay. going to spin off, and now they're going to do another season of Daredevil, and then they're yeah. going to make either season two of everything, or The Defenders, where it's going to be Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and the Daredevil all be like the New York version. Of the- uh, uh,
1: then they can bridge them together a little bit. You know, I, I really like Daredevil. I've i was surprised how much i liked it actually
0: i got to have someone on who was like um like an an extra in one of the episodes so it was just fun to talk to someone who got to be a part of it in some small way
1: someone to get punched or someone who watched someone get punched
0: she was uh the prostitute in the very first scene when they're about when he jumps out okay so she's she's like i was there for two days but it was still like just just cool to talk to someone while you're watching to have oh
1: yeah no that's i remember that is it I can't remember if it's episode two or episode three, but there's that hallway scene where he fights through the guys to go save the kid. I think that's like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the classic, uh, fight scenes, especially for, especially for superhero genre.
0: I'm, I'm a, I, i am love all that stuff. And I, I, I actually liked Jessica Jones so much. I couldn't watch flash or arrow for a week because I was so like, when it ended, I was so just like, I can't, it was just so good. It, it's barely even a superhero show. There's almost no superhero aspects to it. Oh. It's very really dark. It's really film noir. Really yeah, I'm just trying to sell this
1: Netflix. It sounds like it's yeah no. We're getting the word out on Jessica Jones here. It's uh, buzz marketing for Jessica Jones.
0: They want to pay us.
1: <laughs> the Let's Chat podcast for your uh, this this episode brought to you by Jessica Jones. I I think it's interesting. It sounds like it's what Gotham has, is trying to be. And and I have a I have some friends who got into Gotham, but they really hate it. Uh, they're they're grudge watching it, like we were talking about earlier.
0: I stopped watching it because it wasn't good.
1: Yeah, that's what I, most people have. They all backed off because it's boring, I guess. And yeah, I like the idea of playing around in a superhero universe, because because if you think about it, I mean that's an that could be doesn't have to be apparently, but it could be an interesting story to tell as the non supers in a superhero world. Uh, you know, but then again. That, well, I don't know. Like, you don't spend a ton of time on the cleanup crews after New York was devastated by the alien attack and Avengers.
0: Yeah. And I love how they reference all that in the Marvel shows. Yeah. I think DC does TV a lot better because I like Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow looks really good. Um, yeah. But then Marvel, I guess they have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is. Oh, never mind. Gotham was not good. I heard S.H.I.E.L.D.'s really good. And then I love the Marvel Netflix shows because then you're not tied to a network. And then you're yep. like. You got thirteen episodes. You can tell this story, and there's no. Are we going to get picked up? Do we
1: have to make it up to twenty? Yeah, uh, exactly. I like that. I and mean, you know what? I liked D'Onofrio at the Kingpin a lot better than I thought that I would. And and the thing that I thought was really good was they really put a lot into his character because mm-hmm. they have that whole episode where he's staring at the wall, staring at the painting. You know, like like it tells his backstory in a very powerful way.
0: And we got a whole flashback scene of him. Uh, yeah. I, I, with all the new technology, storytelling can be done in so many different ways. But, um, I love what Netflix. I really love what Netflix is doing. They're kind of like, "Well, you guys are smart, and uh, do it in 13 hours. Do whatever you want."
1: And one of the things I see nowadays, and, and it's like it's a mixed blessing. You can see, I'll, I'll, I'll use Daredevil as a good example, and maybe Game of Thrones is a bad example, uh, or less good, maybe. But they're not afraid to kill people. Or, like, like, take Dare, the Daredevil episode where there's that old grizzle reporter, and he comes into his office, and there's the kingpin. Now, I think in a bygone era, in a lesser show, even whatever, where it's like, we got to keep all of these characters intact. Nobody can have a journey. Nobody can have anything change. They, they would have just had a confrontation, and they played it off almost like he was going to walk out and leave him alive.
0: Yep, I thought and
1: so. of a it's just like, yeah, you talk to my mom. You're dead. And he just beats him to <laughs> death.
0: <laughs> I was not expecting
1: that, right? It, it, you know, so. But then again, you see where it, it, some people get maybe kill themselves into a corner. Like I, and I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan, but I, I hear that's what they've done is killed everybody. I think I'm not sure. All the characters now are dead. <laughs> everyone who watches Game of Thrones
0: then complains about everyone dies. I'm like, you already do that,
1: right? Yeah, that's. Well, I, it's interesting, I guess, because what's the. Was it a red, a red wedding where everybody got killed at a wedding? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess the fans, the books were expecting it because they were like, like though, you know.
0: Yeah, I listened to George R. Martin or R.R. Martin on uh, the Nerds yeah. podcast, and he was a Beauty and the Beast TV writer. So he wrote this book as a way to. As a fuck you to the networks, like, this will never get made. <laughs> so that's why it's so violent, because you never expected it to get ma- to Because you couldn't make yeah. anything like this back then.
1: Right, right. And now it's like, oh, that's my jam. That's our jam now. So
0: It really has People, you don't know, expect to like Game of Thrones like Game of Thrones. Like, the same person who's like watching Entourage and uh, Bad Reality TV watches Game of Thrones. So I think it's really cool. I, yeah, I Entourage, I really just never saw it.
1: Like, do you ever wonder... I, I think that... Uh, like, like, how dark do you think we're gonna go in our fiction and in our media? Because it gets, it, I've never watched guess, it,
0: but people say they think doesn't a pregnant woman get stabbed in the stomach in the show?
1: Oh, I yeah, maybe I'm
0: wrong. <laughs>
1: it seems like, yeah, no, and it seems like that's the challenge, you know. But, but then, see, I remember too, like uh, a few years ago, when probably still. Uh, there everybody's really like a uh, surprise twist happy like I, I i feel like and these aren't necessarily the things that started it but you got like the sixth sense moving into lost you know and lost was so like oh he knows him oh that's his husband oh, that's his wife oh okay whatever like all, all these stay in was their backstories start to collide and it was did it in a super interesting way before they decided to stop being interesting and uh i'm still traumatized i have ptsd media ptsd over lost um that's i can't i can't have a civilized conversation with people about lost i i start to lose it
0: does anyone like it i don't think i've ever met a fan of the show who actually loved the whole thing
1: yeah exactly it's it's like
0: a- and i i think i'm gonna be on i think Anasa's podcast as i never watched it i watched the pilot episode wasn't in love and was like don't watch it you're not gonna be happy
1: Oh, you know what? That's what I, I'm, I'm scheduled for that too. It's not till January, I think, or something. But yeah, yeah, we're. I think we're both gonna be on there, different episodes.
0: You're gonna be yelling a lot more. I'm gonna be like, "What is smoke? Like?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, yeah." It's like they, yeah. Oh, anyway, but it's like a really exciting relationship that ends badly.
0: That's what everyone says. It's just like don't even bother because you're just not gonna be happy. Like it's not a good payoff. So I was like, you know
1: what? There's the, enough TV going to skip it. That's that's exactly it. They they were so good at coming up with ideas that were really intriguing and interesting and then they just didn't resolve them, you know. So that's that's the thing. So you know, you look at that and I think a few years ago that was our fascination was everybody has to have the bigger surprise twist. And I don't think we're completely out of that, but I wonder like if you look at some of the really successful things, like take Breaking Bad's season finale, right? There wasn't anything in that episode that was really surprising to me uh, but yeah. it was done really well
0: well because day one they said Walt dies and I think that was right. if they stayed true to that they didn't pull the big uh, like uh, St. Elsewhere or Dallas it was just like they set out what they were going to do and right. um, I think people like that one because we're all like on a nervous we're on a plane that was, had some turbulence like just land <laughs> it
1: it's just like right we're ready so
0: good you guys hey, just don't fuck this up purpose.
1: that's the thing I thought was good too they're like okay we're done well, so that's it End it story, and we'll just end it instead of going on forever and until you hate it.
0: Like I don't know if you guys, if anyone out there watched How I Met Your Mother, which I loved the first eight seasons, and then the last, the la- the, the way they end the series completely erases the last season that you just watched, and it makes yeah. me not like the whole show anymore. I don't, I don't go back and watch it as much. There's some yeah. great episodes, that are really just like, what the fuck, guys.
1: <laughs> well, and you know, there's there's a certain kind of like deke with with your audience i think you know when you're telling a story and you say here's the rules of this universe and and i think people have a certain tolerance for breaking those rules and and especially if you break them on purpose and you tell them why you're breaking them they'll go with you but if you just break them just because you're like oh those rules i told you about i don't care about those and i don't care about you and you know what screw you for liking this show and that once people start to feel that way that's where they're like oh okay well i'm not gonna watch this anymore
0: And, like, with How I Met Your Mother, like, it wasn't the end that he ends up with Robin. I was like, oh, that's a sweet idea. It's the fact that they spent the entire season showing you a wedding that didn't matter, and they spent, like, three minutes wrapping up 20 years of history. That could have been a whole season. So you're like, why did I just watch nine episodes about a wedding that doesn't matter?
1: Exactly. And and they do so much, like, back and forthing on those kinds of things where it's like, let's go through, let's move heaven and earth to get Robin together with, what's-his-face uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris' character and, you know, that's kind of his reconciliation and redemption or whatever because he's a scumbag and whatever and, you know, you go through all that and it's like, oh, by the way, that didn't matter.
0: Oh, it doesn't matter. He's still in their bag.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're both selfish and, uh, he's t- yeah, and, and it kind of, and not only do, like, the fans don't like it, it actually canceled the How I Met Your Father spinoff because it was so poorly received. So it had yeah. some economic uh, terms if you were anyone who would have been working on that show you were out of the job i mean if you're a a network that could have been nine more seasons of a tv show that you that could have been another millions of dollars yeah
1: yeah yeah and 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 interestingly enough um in a way if if i want to manipulate this to make the point i was trying to make earlier i'll try i'll try it see if see if it works um the way that they did it was they did it with a twist, right? Where it's like, oh, he winds up with Robin. (laughs) Yeah. And which there's so many problems with that. And it opened up all this, not just because he's with Robin, like you said, but because it's where it's like, that doesn't make sense with the way the kids reacted in the beginning. And it just doesn't, they would have known who that is. And, you know, there's all the, just all these things that don't work with it. And, and if you would have just been straightforward and given the ending that you promised to give in the first episode, everyone would have been happier where it was like, Oh, yeah, and here's the person. Oh, great, thanks. That's what we thought you were going to do.
0: Or you just, like, erase season nine and put the last half, there's maybe one episode where you where you meet the mother. You could, like, you know how someone did a supercut of the first three Star Wars movie, The new, the first three of the prequels.
1: Yeah, right, 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 the prequel.
0: A cut of the last of season eight and nine of How I Met Your Mother just to make, make one episode, tie it all together, and then the show would end up perfectly. And season nine I never
1: existed. That's good. See, somebody out there, out there in the in the interweb, can can work on that. Are you
0: on board for the new Star Wars?
1: Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I have to get my opening day, but because uh, we we gotta coordinate babysitters and stuff. But I'm gonna take my elder two. Uh, I have a we have a baby at home. And so, obviously, the baby's not going, not that excited about it. But my 12-year-old, my nine-year-old, are excited about it. So.
0: That's cool. I am, my wife's super really into it. I like Star Wars. It's cool. Yeah. A, a friend of mine at work, uh, had a friend, who rented out a private theater, as a company. So he's gonna see the day early, and then invited us to go to it.
1: Ooh, day early. But
0: I'll be seeing it one day before the general public. And I don't deserve <laughs> it at all.
1: <laughs> and you're gonna podcast and spoil it for everyone.
0: Yeah, I already, I already had to get prom- made promises. I was like, I won't put anything online. I'm not gonna be that guy. But I'm gonna brag about it. Like, I do not watch any of the preview. No, I watched a preview. Like, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm in a good place because I'm like, I'm really excited for it as a movie. But if it sucks, I don't give a shit. And I have I, no spoilers. <laughs> I have no idea what's about. I have no clue. I don't know anything about it, other than it's a new Star Wars film.
1: See, that's the thing: the protection of low expectations uh, with, is a great thing with movies, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I have. You know, I'm I'm that way too. I'm like I pretty much if if uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, Abram, JJ. Good old, I call him JJ. Uh, JJ,
0: you know. my guy.
1: Yeah. Are you still mad it, at him it... for Lost? Yeah, exactly. See, but uh, you know, but he's usually pretty good. And actually, I think Lost the. He, he lost in the show lost at some point, And I think someone else was writing it by then, but, um, that was a case of just leaving it on the air too long, you know? So anyway, but if they, you know, if, if uh, JJ Abrams is able to, to pull it off, I, I think he's got as much chance as anybody. I, I like that. They changed the dynamic because the prequels were just, uh, it was basically George Lucas just kind of going down a checklist of, okay, I gotta have this happen. This happened, this happen, And should we do it in an interesting way? No, no, let's not do that. Let's just do it. Um, it seemed like, and so I'm hoping this one, you know, is interesting. Now, there's, there's, uh, of course, made-up internet rumors that that I don't think they come from anything other than people speculating.
0: Yeah, I don't even follow wonder. any of them, and that's why I'm so excited for it because I generally have no idea what this movie's about.
1: Yeah, so, so you're not even, you know, into all that. So no, yeah,
0: not, I mean, I, I saw Star Wars as an adult, so it was lost on me. Kind of overrated uh, when you see it in your 20s. Well, maybe I saw it as a kid when the first re-releases and just... I like Back to the Future a lot more. Uh-huh. I guess... Uh, but I'm not even really into anything that much besides, like, The Simpsons. That's, like, the only thing I've ever been fan- had that kind of level of fandom towards.
1: Been a, the super fan. Uh,
0: yeah. But I, yeah. I really like it, and I'm I'm really excited for it. I think... I, I hope it's good, and I like that there's no CGI. I thought that was good.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah I, I No, I... I think it's – and I, I like that it uh, – all the, the bits that have come out have pissed off the correct people. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, you know, all the, the real racist and sexist uh, fan base, you know, that are all mad because there's a black guy in the opening. And my, my favorite online is when people complain about that and then try to sell themselves as not racist.
0: I'm not racist, but – and that's what you need, like a skilled comedian like a Patton Oswalt to make this – vast important point about you're talking about a galaxy far, far away in the future and an alien race. And you're mad that they're black. Right. <laughs> you should just be happy they're human. <laughs> right. And then you're exactly. like, ah, oh, that's what like They look good. Like, yeah.
1: One of them's a giant slug character. So, you yeah. know. As
0: long as they don't have a race or a gender. Right. <laughs> yeah, that just makes me. The,
1: the, big, the big thing, and see, if you're not following online, you might not have seen the the, the stuff about the armor. They had uh, armor for the female character. And it was interesting because they just show her in, like, I think it's Stormtrooper armor or someone will get me the wrong thing but whatever it's some kind of armor mask armor and uh, the thing is it just looks like armor it doesn't have the usual like boob shape armor for women you know and so actually people tweeted about it and said I can't tell it's women's armor and what they were really saying was I want to see some I want to see some boobies, I guess because uh, they just tweeted out and said well it's armor armor doesn't have a gender you know I think
0: you know, I was talking with my wife the other day of, like, how, like, there's still all this little reptilian part of our brains. of like, you look at a magazine, and it's, like, women and men, like, almost very naked, and then, like, actually, a oh, little candid here, I've seen breasts. And, uh, when you're looking at those magazines, like, they're gonna look like every other pair of, like, everyone's breast looks the same. We all have areolas. And all nipples are the same color unless they, you know, varying on your skin tone. So, like, there's nothing different, but yet I, we're constantly being sold the same thing. I'm like, oh my god, I can almost see your nipple, but then you're like, but I know what nipples look like, and like I'm like rationalizing this to myself all the time. I'm like, but now that stuff is like worn off of me where I don't care at all. Like, a yeah. Victoria's Secret lingerie show means nothing to me. It's like I, I don't care. I know what breasts look like, and I just who cares. I, I, I really
1: prefer a good story over, like, a good-looking actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... so no what, I'm, I'm hopeful. hopeful. I'm hopeful about the Star Wars thing. I I, uh, I enjoy when people... Even though, though I'm not, not a super fan of really... really I'm, I'm kind of like, like you. you. Like, like, I wouldn't... wouldn't I, I Even if I go to, like... Uh, like, I've been to Comic-Con here, here in our state, and I wouldn't really dress up for it, just because I'm not good at that. But I enjoyed like seeing other people's cosplay. Like, I really think that's cool and I like seeing it, but I just don't do it myself. So anyway, uh, Salt stuff. Lake Comic
0: Con. What's that? Is
1: it Salt Lake Comic Con or is it? Yeah. Yeah. The Salt Lake Comic Con. Yeah, I
0: went to Rhode Island Comic Con this year. I had so much
1: fun. Yeah. Did you bring kids? Oh yeah. Yeah. I took my kids. I, like,
0: uh, I wish that existed when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> my, my wife had always wanted to see one. So it was kind of for her birthday a couple years ago. They've done it for about three years now. And we went to the, the first one, and they actually got overwhelmed. They didn't plan on so many people. Uh, it's it's one of the more successful ones now, I guess, the Salt Lake one.
0: They sell out so fast. I yeah. think got some pretty big names. And I, it yeah. turns out yeah. I like the Artist Alley more than anything. I just go there. And I end up buying uh, a good amount of well, – I, I allow myself to buy one piece of art, so I have to look through everything. I bought a, a Flash fan art this time. I have some Muppets one I got before. Uh, you know, it was fun. I, in the, it was cool. I, I – uh, I I literally backed into Henry Winkler unintentionally.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: I actually oh. met Ron Fun- do you know the comedian Ron Punches?
1: Um, I'm not I I've, I've heard the name, I don't know his stuff.
0: He's on um at midnight a lot. I think he's on that show on Dateable, but I really like him and he was performing there. And he was walking the floor, so I was like, I ah, just gonna be like real quick, say hello and I was like, Oh, nice to meet you, thank you so and he's like he was really nice, but when I meet famous people, I have that weird thing where I don't want to be a bother, so I'm out of there in, like, five seconds. Yeah, yeah. So I stepped back to get away just to, because I was like, all right, thank you, and I literally stepped into Henry Winkler, and I was like, I am so sorry, and I just didn't know what to yeah. do. I was like...
1: I turn around and was like, get out of the way, Henry Winkler, why don't you watch where you're going?
0: Hey. And, of course, everyone's like, did you go A? Hey? And I was like, oh, yeah, you're, this is my colleagues, hey. they're all referring to Happy Days. I was like, no, and I think of him as a rest of development in Parks and Recreation.
1: Right, right. Well, it's like a you know. I remember the Fonz, but that seems like a different guy.
0: <laughs> Fonz, I was like, are you kidding me? That's da- that's a uh, Barry Zuckerhorn and Doctor Saperstein.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Like my, my boss, who I love, was like, who? I was like, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Oh
1: yeah, Doctor Saperstein, awesome. Yeah, that's.
0: Oh um, I, we never even really started anything. But how is your? How's the podcast going? You get, you guys are putting out a ton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been cranking out uh, a little bit. It's, it's been going well. Yeah. We've got, uh, we just did, well, I don't know We're uh, we're going to record the the Christmas episode coming up here in a little bit. Uh, we did the Thanksgiving. Yeah. I actually got some interesting, uh, just had a genetic counselor on. That's one that I, uh, just, just released this week. Talked to her a little while ago. Um, just cause I, I've met genetic counselors, but I widely talked about, um, and, and I had forgotten that that existed until, so funny enough, when my wife was pregnant, and we're old enough now that we're in a, uh, a, a greater risk factor for pregnancy.
0: Uh, over 35,
1: uh, right? Right, right, yeah, because with us both. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so they they come in and they tell you, like, facts that you don't want to know about the likelihood of Down syndrome and other things like that. And so they had, uh, we had one test that indicated, and my, my, uh, and that nothing really, uh you know no no d- genetic uh, disorders or anything like that so that that's nice end of the story but uh, when they didn't know and when test result was a bit higher they brought in a genetic counselor to talk to us about what that means and how, what how the test is done and what that could represent and what our options are or whatever and it, what other types of tests are available and it was really really helpful and so i i was able to find somebody not not that one that we talked to but i found somebody you know friend of a friend on facebook or something and um, she had written an article for the New York times and I just said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to be on my show? And so she, she did. And she talks all about how to become a genetic counselor or what they do for a living. And, and it's was interesting, it was interesting stuff. So I was excited to put that out there.
0: That's so cool. I think, um, yeah, I think you have one of the only non-pod, one of the only podcasts i listen to that aren't musical comedy related Though <laughs> no, I guess you have elements of comedy. I think that's why I can kind of sneak into it.
1: Wait. Well, and that was kind of when I, when I started my podcast, I wanted it to be just like you said, you know, the, the mental health field is, is full of smart asses and, uh, and we deal with stuff where we deal with it with humor, right? Uh, yeah. a lot of times. And I wanted to kind of capture that because I felt like a lot of mental health podcasts don't really capture that. They, they are a little more on the dry, informative side. They might be interesting, but they're not fun. Uh, and I, and I shouldn't say that now because it's there's been a lot, and there's a lot of crossover where people who work in our industry do other podcasts, and there's, you know, there's been a lot. But when I was considering four or five years ago as I was planning my podcast, uh, that kind of, I guess, and not to call anyone out specifically, but, you know, there were some out there that were just fairly dry. Let me put it that way. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, we try to, we try to kind of mimic that experience that you're talking about where you get mental health people together and we talk about stuff, and yeah, it's heavy, and yeah, we try to respect but we also deal with it with some humor and so yeah no i'm with you it's funny because i i was on uh, uh war machine versus warhorse uh the other day and i had a lot of fun because it was just talking about movies and i didn't have to tie it into anything other than just talking about movies
0: this Guys, shit. yeah oh yeah. my god i was supposed to do an episode with
1: them and
0: i just ended up the movies they picked one of them was a movie i couldn't get a copy of and i'm oh, not a movie you know. guy so it didn't end up breaking out and um I listened to that show. I was like, I don't even know if
1: I could do this. Like, I am not that smart about film. It's, it's interesting because man, they, they'll get there like, well, this director, what are you, did you watch any of the other five things that he's done? And they know exactly what they all are. And I was like, wow. So luckily mine was about, it was about, uh, uh, I, I was, I was drafted onto it for psychological knowledge. <laughs> so I was able to, I was able to swim through that and I could make enough pop culture references and stuff. So I was able to do it. But,
0: Hydrate Level 4 ones with Peter. is a wonderful show. But um, so we end up get we, we have like a list of movies we go through and we end up watering it down to um, Alvin the Chipmunks ones. I really want to do an animated film, but he also wanted to pick certain ones the to save to watch with the sun. And uh, so it was great. So my had I watched it, thinking, watching it with the brain of like, we're just going to fucking shit all over this movie. And uh, he pointed out how it wasn't that bad and it just was <laughs> so brilliant. And I was like, oh,
1: and you're you have both barrels loaded ready to be like
0: yeah.
1: a terrible piece of garbage
0: yeah i was like oh i guess i did like it but uh i i really admire we're both in this dwight and i are both in this wonderful facebook group with uh wonderful podcasters and i love meeting people who are passionate about something and there's a lot of it's gonna be a lot of movie podcasts and i'm just like oh, man, it's not my wheelhouse but i saw spotlight so then i was like oh man i'm gonna find a podcast and review it and then, it was actually
1: fun. It's a, it's a really fun experience when you want to continue yeah. something. Well, awesome, man. And I know uh, wrap up here, but are you going to uh... – I know you have to run, but where can people find you online? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can find me uh, – there's uh, the Broken Raid podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere freshly baked podcasts are available. Uh, you can tweet at me at Break a Brain. That's Break a Brain is one word on Twitter. Uh, everything's one word on on, on Twitter, I guess. I uh, hear it's out of vogue to say the at, but I still say the at, break a brain. So, yeah, you can track me down there. Oh, and, you know, we just uh, kind of sponsored a short story uh, collection that just dropped called Amygdala Magazine. That's Amygdala, like the part of your brain that's in charge of survival and uh, magazine. You can find that on Amazon or AmygdalaZine on Twitter. So,
0: yeah. And you've so, been writing a for um, a, a lot. You've been doing a lot of writing, which I completely forgot to ask you about.
1: Oh yeah, you know I've been uh, a couple of my articles uh, have been appearing in the the Good Men Project, which is an online. uh, You can follow them on Facebook and see updates, or you can go to the Good Men Project. And yeah, I wrote an article about uh, reasons why James Bond is actually uh, more boring than most men, uh, and why why we should give ourselves a little more credit. And. uh, Wrote, wrote something just barely about Mr. Belvedere and AIDS awareness in the same article. So
0: Yeah, I, yeah. if I was a better interviewer and worth some time, I would have remembered to ask you that earlier.
1: No, no that, that's good, man. appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you.
0: Awesome. So, um I'll let you know when it goes up, and uh, have a good rest of your day.